0: This is Circulating Ideas. I'm Troy Swanson, sitting in for Steve Thomas. My guest today is Mark Ramsey, who is the writer, producer, and host of the podcast series Inside Star Wars, Inside Jaws, Inside the Exorcist, and Inside Psycho. As the head of Mark Ramsey Media, he is a media strategist and consultant who has written several books and has worked in radio and television. Circulating Ideas is made possible through the support of listeners just like you. Mark, welcome to Circulating Ideas, and thank you so much for your time.
1: Oh, I'm, I'm actually very excited to be here.
0: You know, librarians are always interested in storytellers and authors, and uh, we're also interested in researchers. And I think you qualify uh, in both of those camps. Uh, on top of this, there's so many libraries around the country that are offering production space for podcasts and music and videos. So I thought your perspective as a storyteller and media producer would also be valuable for our audience. So thank you so much. And maybe we could just start by getting a little background about yourself.
1: Oh, my goodness. Well, um, I've been in the audio space pretty much all my career. Started in radio with people in that world. Uh, I always believed that there was more that could be done with audio than what broadcast that I often thought the broadcasters were kind of settling. I think that's especially true today, by the way, that, uh, you know, it's easy. It's talent from a million different places. It's. Not talent from here. I mean, name the biggest stars in radio. And, you know, once you get outside of Ryan Seacrest and Howard Stern, who by the way, isn't on radio, um, you get to people who are uh, dead. (laughs) Casey Kasem, uh, Wolfman Jack, you know, I mean, these are people, Paul Harvey. I mean, my goodness. Um, guess what folks, these folks are dead. So, um, I, I think there's a new wave of people who, um, are interested in expressing themselves via audio, who are really, really skilled at it, good at it, Mm -hmm. and who are finding audiences which are non-trivial, to say the least. And it's great. It's really an amazing renaissance. You know, they say the golden age of radio is like the 30s or the 40s. I think the golden, first of all, you know, there's no such thing as radio. It's just a form of audio. The golden age of audio is right here now today.
0: It's happening. Well, and I think that your uh, inside podcast series is definitely one of the most innovative out there. Could you describe that to us?
1: Yeah, it's, uh, so um, the original pitch, when I went into the folks at Wondery, which is one of the major platform, distribution platforms for podcasts, I said, I, I said a couple of things. I said, for starters, no one's really leveraging the power of audio. This was a couple of years ago to really tell a, an immersive story with amazing sound design. And I've got a partner who can do that. I said the other thing that's interesting to me. Uh, I, I'm I'm interested in things that people are aware of, like movies that people are aware of, and going deeper into those stories and kind of dramatizing those stories. So, Inside is kind of a a Hydra, um, which your audience will know what that is. Mm-hmm. Um, it it's it's a it, on the one hand, it's a docudrama. Um, at the same time. It's um, kind of a movie about, it's an audio movie about a movie and, the, and more to the point about the people who made it and their stories. So it's really, it, it's, for example, you were telling me you just heard the last episode of Inside Jaws. Well, Inside Jaws is really a story about the making of Steven Spielberg. Right. It's not so much about Jaws per se. Um, it's about, it's about the becoming of steven spielberg in fact i believe episode one is called becoming spielberg Um, and uh, inside star wars the series that just wrapped uh that's um uh, also quite a bit about george lucas but also about some of the others that were involved in that um, um epic um original film back in 1977 especially carrie fisher and i take her whole story from literally beginning to end and always try and you know weave in a compelling theme and I, I my goal with these things is to make if anybody who wants to go to these things getting what amounts to a director's commentary or a making of featurette is in the wrong place all of that stuff's available on DVDs I'm not going to remake that what you're getting from this stuff is literally a movie about these people and uh, what they were like at that time what became of them and uh, in each case there's a lesson that's larger. There's a theme that makes the whole exercise worthwhile. You know, the theme of Jaws is really you acknowledge who you are and that's the best way for you to uh, do what you need to do in the world, despite all the trouble you're going to face along the way. The theme for Inside Star Wars was really when at the end of the series, we leave George Lucas at home with his with his uh, six year old daughter. And uh, the theme there is: What do you do after 40 years wrapping up your life in 40 years of something? What is what is what do you do now? And the answer is: You recognize that maybe the most important thing in your life was a lot closer to home, and that's you know you know that's the kind of lesson that I think people understand based on the feedback the feedback that I've gotten. People get from people don't write me and say, "Wow." Well, people do write and say, wow, I learned a lot more about Star Wars. But more importantly, people write and say, wow, that was a really powerful conclusion. And I really appreciate the message you're trying to communicate.
0: The the narrative and the character that you build is an emotional connection that you wouldn't quite get from a straight documentary.
1: No, it's a movie. That's the thing. That's the thing I can't stress enough. I mean, if it were just a documentary, I wouldn't be doing it. I'm not a journalist. I don't pretend to be a journalist. I'm a storyteller. I'm a researcher. I'm a dramatist. And um, I want to tell a story that's that, you know, there's a question like, why is this story worth telling? And if it's worth telling only because I'll dredge up some trivia about Star Wars, well, then you might as well well go to Wikipedia.
0: (laughs) Right. Right. (laughs) You know, um, I've introduced your podcast, especially the inside Star Wars one to a number of friends and coworkers and um, a number of them have said it, it took a few, a few minutes to get it right. like, Oh, I see what this is. It's hard to describe, but like within 45 seconds you're in, I, or at least I was in and I've, I've listened to all of them. So they're, they're so great.
1: Yeah. It's, that's an interesting point because I have, you know, judging by some of the feedback, people will say, Oh, he he's pretending to interview George Lucas. And I said, wait a minute. I'm, it's one voice portraying every character here. It's really equivalent to read. I mean, look from a librarian standpoint, you guys are at book readings all the time, right? Right. Everybody knows what a book reading is. When there's a book reading, there's an author standing at the front of a crowd, reading everything in the book, representing every character. That's what this is. It's like reading a story to a child. It's like doing a campfire tale. You know, it's one person doing the whole thing. And but if people come in saying, well, where's the interviews with Mark Hamill, <laughs> well, that's not what it is. <laughs> that's not what it is? This is actually much more interesting because I bring, you know, I, I take you to Hamill's backstory of how he was sleeping on Robert Englund's couch when uh, he uh, learned about the audition for for Star Wars, which Hamill himself heard. And it's funny, the stuff that he takes issue with. He, he, he didn't like the idea that I was portraying him, that I seemed to be portraying him as homeless and just <laughs> flopping on Robert England's couch. And I said, listen, speaking as someone who spent a few years as a young man once upon a time, uh, spending the night on a buddy's couch does not mean you're homeless. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, it's just, it just plain happens. And um, what was funny was he didn't object to any of the dialogue. He didn't object to the fact that we had sound design showing him snoring on the couch. He didn't object to any of that. <laughs> he just didn't like the fact that we were suggesting that we were implying he might be homeless and living with Robert England. It's so funny what people are upset about, but yeah, it's my voice doing everything. So, it's a little jarring at first when you realize it's one voice, but when you realize it's, you know, it's, the voices are overlaid. I mean, it's, 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 it, it's, it's literally like a movie. As I like to say, you don't watch, um, uh, you, you don't watch, uh, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio portraying Howard Hughes and say, that's not Howard Hughes.
0: Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. So, maybe you could talk a little bit about how you got into podcasting in general. You said you were in radio, um, to start, uh, where, how did you get to where you are today?
1: Well, uh, podcasting, as you know, is open to anybody. And, uh, if you have enough aspiration, you have a couple of tools and you have a good idea and you have some drive, you can do it. I mean, that's the beautiful thing about it. It's not closed. Um, you would think that people in radio would have an inside track and of course you would be dead wrong. Hmm. Um, which is why that, that broadcasters today are awakening to the potential of podcasting fairly late. Um, so how I got into it was that I, I really felt that audio, uh, that the, the power, you know, if, if I go back and listen to the old uh, radio serials of the 30s and 40s, you can see that people were trying to do interesting things with audio. If you listen to those today, you will find that they're really quite um, simplistic I mean, there's, there there's, it's not as much theater of the mind as people would like to have you believe, uh, the sound effects are pretty, uh, pedestrian. There's, you know, that awful organ noise that, uh, became such a cliche for, uh, for uh, soap operas later. Um, and the fact that people tend to do a lot of, look, there's a such and such, you know, <laughs> um, but uh, one of the things that, uh, always interested me about material at that time was the work of a guy named, um. Arch Obler. And if you do uh, some uh, Google uh, work or some library work (laughs) on Arch Obler, you'll find that he had a bunch of uh, shows um, uh, that were um, uh, scary. And his shows were always late at night, never that popular, but always very, very effective because more than anything, he was able to communicate. He was able to scare people just by the stuff they heard. And one thing that's kind of a truism is, if you take any scary movie and you turn down the volume, it's suddenly not scary anymore. Mm-hmm. So, uh, sound really, and it's it felt to me like the um, the 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 shortest path to really making an impact on sound with sound was doing things that are scary. And what would that be like today? I thought, and that brought us to the first episode in the in the franchise, which the first uh, film in the franchise, which was Psycho. Mm-hmm. So that was the first one we did was Inside Psycho. And we t- told the stories of Hitchcock and all the people around there. And we also had some, there, some of it was, uh, 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 you know, it was quasi real. There was some fiction in there as well. We did the same thing in Inside the Exorcist. We had some fictional stuff. People have said that the closing scene of Inside the Exorcist is the scariest thing they've ever heard. Um, that was the intention. <laughs>
0: it, <laughs> and it was
1: pretty simple it was pretty simple actually but it was also extremely uh scary and i i i don't i, I think it's a. it's it's largely been a lost art and i don't think it's going to be lost for much longer because now increasingly you're hearing a lot of really talented people expressing themselves using this platform and one of the things that is only now beginning to happen is um is is stuff that's even fully scripted. I mean, what I have is fully scripted, but it's my voice alone. I do that, obviously, because it's... it Because, A, it's effective, B, it's uh, stylistically unique, and C, it's uh, less expensive. Um, but we're seeing stuff now that's fully scripted. We're, we're developing a fully scripted horror uh, anthology right now that we're close to having a deal on for distribution. Um, we're working on uh, another huge multi-voice thing that's all done now that comes out this fall called The Undercovers, which is about undercover DEA agents and its true stories. Uh, but they're reenacted and it's hosted by Ed O'Neill from uh, Modern Family and who is fantastic. Wow, how great. Um, and then we've got uh, another thing that's just very close to being sold right now. That's a project written by um, Sarah Wayne Callis who was uh, Rick's wife in The Walking Dead. And she's in it. And it also stars, uh, I'm producing it. It also stars David Harbour from Stranger Things mm-hmm. and Jeffrey Dean Morgan wow. from Walking, Walking Dead. Dead yeah. So this is our cast. This is our little cast. Oh, great. You may have heard these names before. Yeah. Um, and so I, the trippiest thing in my life so far was running lines with David Harbour, which was just, I, I was I was just <laughs> like, okay. I'm reading, I'm running lines with David. He is actually responding to my lines. Um, that's amazing. Yeah. I mean, uh, pinch me now. <laughs> so, anyway, that's, the, that's, that's where it's going.
0: Yeah, well, congratulations uh, on your success. That's, that's just great. Um, to, to step back to the Inside Series, can you talk a little bit about your research process? And um, you mentioned a little bit about the production process, but kind of how does one of these, uh, how does a series come together from concept to what we hear?
1: Well um we've done 4 so far not including the um, a special uh, branded content thing we did for Coke uh which was for the movie the uh, 25th anniversary of the movie Philadelphia um to benefit um uh, red in the fight against aids so uh the process in each case is first of all i have to be intensely interested in it
0: <laughs> that's it right yeah
1: um and usually in the past uh these things tend to come out in the spring and summer um in the past uh i start around november uh once i know what i'm going to do i start around november gathering uh resources books internet stuff do a lot of reading do a lot of underlining do a lot of highlighting uh that process takes a few weeks uh once i start writing that takes a few weeks uh it's very intensive hundreds of hours um Once the script is done and Wondery has provided their notes and we have a final script, then we start production. I usually record a couple of episodes a week. Um, And then it takes usually about a week for each episode to be produced. So all in all, it's about six months of effort front to back for, in this case, seven episodes plus uh, one bonus episode. So it's really much more um, reminiscent of television, quite honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if, if you reflect, you can binge stranger things if you want, but you have to recognize that what you're binging is the communal effort of about a year's time and hundreds of, you know, uh, creative people. Um, so once you're done with that binge after eight hours, <laughs> right. recognize that that's, you know, 8 million hours of effort. And so, yeah, there's a lot of work, right. uh, put into this. And I, and I, I want, I I, I don't mind that because I want it to be good. And um, the, the usually somewhere along the way I draw, I I arrive at a theme I'm comfortable with and uh, everything ends up going back to that, that theme. That's why I, I opened uh, inside star Wars in Lucas's backyard with his child on a swing. And I closed it the same way. Mm -hmm. It's because I knew where I was going from the beginning. So that's kind of the process.
0: It definitely comes through. I mean, the quality is there, and it's so captivating that. Um, also, as a listener, I'm I'm kind of sad when I get to that last <laughs> that last episode because I know it'll take some time for whatever you know is going to come next.
1: I know it's it is it is true. In this case, I, I can tell you that, uh, Undercovers is uh, done, and that's I I I co-wrote that. Uh, that's out in um, uh, October with Ed O'Neill. Right. Another thing that really, because it was poorly distributed, it really kind of slipped through the cracks. But you and your audience, I think, might really appreciate it. Um, I, this came out earlier this year and just vanished. Um, it's called Pops. And it's the uh, incredible true story of Louis Armstrong. And wow. um, it's something we wrote like a year ago. I wrote a year ago. The actor Reno Wilson from Mike and Molly and uh, Good Girls. Has been uh, just a lifetime fan of Louis Armstrong. Wants to play Louis in the worst way. Uh, as you know, he's you know one of America's great jazz legends. Right. And um, so he, uh, we were connected with him, and I thought, wow, this is kind of interesting. It's, it, it's so. What we did was we created a, a six-part series about Louis Armstrong um, with Reno Wilson as Louis Armstrong. So he's basically telling his own story in character the whole time. It's really good. And um, I think you would enjoy it if you look up Pops uh, from Workhouse Connect. You'll see it wherever you get your podcasts. Mm -hmm. Uh, Six episodes. It's really super good. And it completely vanished without anyone knowing it was around, which is a shame because it's uh, it's every bit as good as anything in the inside series. And and yet it's completely different.
0: Well, I will so, add it to my list for sure. Yeah.
1: Add that. And then undercovers is this fall. And then the other stuff uh, sometime there afterwards. We're trying to figure out what's coming next now. Like I say, we're shopping this this horror anthology, which will be fun. Um, uh, the episode so far, I've written three episodes and I just they're just awesome. I love them. Um, but that's going to be a full cast, uh, assuming that gets sold. We're close now. Um, and then, uh, we've got a bunch of other stuff that, uh, may or may not happen. And I'm still trying to decide what I want to do next, if anything on the inside series, because at this point it's, uh, you know, it's a whole lot of effort that goes into a show that, uh, you know, doesn't, it, it, it reaches, you know, there's more than a million downloads on each one of these things. Um, but, uh, you know, that it's just. It's um, it's it's not a lot of pay for six months of work. Right.
0: That's always <laughs> so, well. And that maybe is a good lead into I wanted to ask about um, the business model. You know, you're, when you're mentioning like Ed, o, mm-hmm. Ed O'Neill or Jeffrey Dean Morgan, I mean, clearly um, to get uh, talent with, with those kind of names, there must be some kind of growth in in how the funding is is looking out there so how are how are you seeing things evolving in the well ed o'neill
1: can walk into a studio for four hours and come away with a good check that's not true of the rest of us (laughs) right um so um but i i i'll tell you for for these people and probably for most talents of this type right now it has to do with who you know um if a cert if the right person is interested in the project and gets the right celebrity interested in the project it's amazing what things can happen. Um, I mean, Sarah, Sarah Wayne Callies, yeah. the Walking Dead uh, actor. Um, she was telling me that uh, she said this. Pot, I mean, the reason why Jeffrey uh, uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan and David Harbour are in this is because they're old friends of Sarah's. And um, she said, you know, this really feels she was saying to me, this really feels to me like the days when I was doing theater where everyone helps each other out on their projects. And I thought, wow, that's really a cool analogy because this is very much like that. You know, theater was always something that even the biggest hits generally weren't heard, weren't seen by that many people. Right. Right. Um, And uh, you had to really care to do it. And it was really about the craft and it was really about the project. It was really about the people you were working with. Well, that's that's podcasting. Um, so, uh, yeah, so, uh, I mean, I can't get David Harbor for a project I'm interested in probably, <laughs> but I can definitely get him for a project she's interested in. And, um, and uh, that's just a, a tremendous thrill. And also to be in the presence of people working at that level of skill is really just amazing. I mean, it's just, am- it, I mean, good work elevates all work. And that's certainly true when it comes to talent like that.
0: So for those many um, library podcasters out there or, you know, community members who are interested in podcasting, what advice would you give to the to the newbies trying to, to, to make their first?
1: Well, um, have a compelling why would be my first reason. I mean, this notion that, you know, I should do a podcast because I haven't yet or I should do a podcast because <laughs> everyone's doing it or I should do a podcast because there's the equipment sitting there in the library waiting to be used. That's all bullshit. I mean, you should only do what makes sense for you to do because it's, it's something that has to be done. I mean, I've, you know, uh, proclaimed to people that anything I write, I can produce. I'm not, I'm not going to be the screenwriter with the, with the screenplays in the drawer. You know, anything I write, I can produce. I may have to pay for it myself, Right, but I can produce it. Um, and if I'm lucky, I'll get somebody else to pay for it. So that's really kind of an amazing thing. Like these people struggling to write screenplays and teleplays and, you know, actors pitching projects to studios. I mean, that's how this thing happened with Sarah. Sarah's pitching this for television. This, this project we're working on with her is, is built for television. But the question is, what's the best way to get a television deal? And the answer is, generate a whole lot of attention for it in another platform first. Build an audience. And that's, build an audience first. Demonstrate its commercial potential first. Right. Um, that's a. I mean, then the offers are going to come to her. She won't have to fight for them. I mean, getting people's attention right now on a television project. I don't care what they say about peak TV. It's still virtually impossible. It's just less virtually impossible than before. <laughs> So, and, and there's a long line of tremendously talented people that are in front of you waiting for their turn. And, um, uh, so it's, 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 uh, it remains a, a struggle, but this is a great way to make it happen. So if you have a, a dream and there's something you want to do, um, do it, but don't think it's going to be easy. Don't think it's going to be, um, uh, you know, don't have the arrogance to think you're going to generate a whole lot of attention out of the box, if at all. Do it because it needs to be done. That's true. Whether you're doing a podcast, whether you're writing a book, whether you're writing a screenplay, whether you're writing a song, it's all the same.
0: Thinking about like how podcasting is evolving. Um, you just, how do you? Where do you see us going down the road?
1: Um, I I see it growing in all directions. Right now, you know, everyone's kind of in love with the um, with shows spawned by public radio uh, or public radio people or things that are have a kind of a true crime uh, component to them, especially. Um, in addition to certain other things like sports talk and some other specialty shows, politics shows. But that's a fairly narrow slice of the pie. Um, I'm hoping that what we're going to see a lot more of in the future is appointment audio. Um, that uh, right now, you know, the the people distributing this audio would much rather have a weekly show that runs forever with a, you know, a really popular host at the at the mic Than they would a seven part series on about the people who made Star Wars or a seven part series on anything for that matter. Scripted or not, full cast or not. The reality is, you know, it's more expensive, more ambitious, harder to produce a fully scripted, you know, limited series um, than it is to do any of these other things. Um, Those are also where the economics are challenging. Because, you know, for, for me to create lore and have it run every week forever is a much more effective way to build and leverage audience than for me to do a limited series of seven parts and have it vanish thereafter. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why Pops disappeared. So it's, it's, it's kind of the old problem. You know, you can write a book, but that doesn't mean it'll become a bestseller. Right. <laughs> you know, in fact, the odds are very, very much against you. So the odds are very much, very much against you. But uh, in terms of where it's going to go, I think we'll see more of everything we see today. And I th- I would like to think we're going to see more um, scripted content. We're going to see more content along the lines of what you have in uh, the, the, the movie theater and on television and on uh, uh, streaming, over the top streaming. And um, uh, I think that that's one of the main Growth areas, Um, and we're going to see bigger names move in. I mean, uh, you know, in this in this one project alone, I've mentioned to you one, two, three, four, five uh, well-known actors across the three projects that we're involved in now. I mean, that's a big deal, and that's still not terribly present. I mean, Rami Malek did a a project like that, Um, but I think you can count on a couple of fingers right now, let alone one hand. People have done fully scripted projects that are of that caliber.
0: If uh, listeners wanted to find you, and especially if they wanted to find Inside Star Wars, uh, where could they go?
1: Well, any of the Inside series are available wherever you get your podcast. It's Inside Star Wars, Inside Jaws, Inside The Exorcist, Inside Psycho. Um, Also, as I said, uh, the Louis Armstrong thing, which this audience in particular might be interested in, is uh, called POPs. Uh, from Workhouse Connect. All of these things are available wherever podcasts can be found. And coming this fall, The Undercovers.
0: The Undercovers. All right. well, I'm I'm adding them uh, to my list. So, Mark, thank you so much for your time.
1: Oh, it's my pleasure. Thanks so much for the invitation.
0: Circulating Ideas is produced by me, Steve Thomas, in the suburbs of Atlanta. Thanks to Troy Swanson for filling in with this great interview. Views expressed on this show do not necessarily reflect those of my place of work, Troy's place of work, or the place of work of guests. For past interviews, visit circulatingideas.com and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Overcast, or your podcast app of choice. Help others find the show by leaving a rating or review on iTunes or, again, your podcast app of choice. You can follow the show on Twitter at Cirque Ideas or like the show's Facebook page. Music is by Pamela Clicka. Thanks for listening and keep circulating your ideas.